Christ. Amen? There are things in my life that I truly want transformed. I want them to change. I'm seeking ways that that might happen. I'm trying to figure it out. All that we do as human beings, I want a transformation. I want it personally for my life. I want it for the church, for the whole body of Christ. I want it for this local church. I want it for churches in this area. I want a transformation. I really want to change. And there are keys to change. This morning when I got up, you know, you can look at me now and, oh my heavens, I'm in my suit. Hold on a minute. Let me button the, button the coat. Still can. Praise God. It's not because I lost weight. It's because I got a bigger suit. Hallelujah to Jesus. I will not be defeated. If I can't lose it, I can buy something bigger to compensate for it. Praise God. But I'm in a suit. And look at my shoes, you know. They got little dangly things on them. Nice socks. If you saw me this morning and you would have saw me in an old t-shirt and pajamas and house slippers, you would have thought, wow, is he go he's going to be preaching? Saw me holding on to things as I'm trying to make my way through that heat. This is it. This ruddy little guy that's, this is it. Oh, yes, this, this is all you get. This, this is David Herring. But now look at me in this suit. I look like a preacher. I carry a Bible. Yeah, a big one. Got big letters. Hallelujah. If it gets much worse, I'm going to have to bring it up here on a card or something and, and help you help me open it up. And you might see me this morning and identify me as a preacher. Some people do. But the thing that I'm most proud of is occasionally when I'm on a job and I'm working and I'm dirty and I'm doing a dirty job and all of this and I don't look like a preacher. I'm not spewing out hallelujahs and praise the Lord. Oh, I'm not spewing out curse words and things like that. I'm just trying to make a point that I'm not preaching the word. I'm not standing on my septic tank truck preaching to the masses of the word of God, you know, and how God loves you and how he wants to clean you out. And if you'll give me a chance, I'll pump you out and whatever the case might be. But occasionally, somebody says, you know, there's something different about you. Even in my work clothes and the mud and all that, that is me at that time, they would say, there's something different about you. I know then, Pastor, that I'm getting somewhere. I'm not there yet, nor will I ever be as long as I carry this hunk of flesh around, but I know that I'm getting somewhere, that I'm on the right path because if they can see through all of that and they can sense there's something different about me, then I'm getting somewhere. Something's happening inside me. I am truly being transformed. There's a great battle going on. If you would turn, oh, let's see. Where do I want to start? Why don't we start um, 
Цива. О, аминь. Let's go to um, Romans chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. I want you to first note and be aware that there's a battle going on. It involves our mind and how critical it is for you and I to understand and to know about this battle and to know what it is that you and I can do in order to be successful through this battle. I preached to you a few weeks ago and even uh, went through a skit where Angel helped me out and he got a new heart. Amen? Well, pastor said to me, could you preach one about getting a new mind, a new brain? And let him sit in also? <laughs> so, I don't know what that prompted. We just both took it as a little bitty joke, whatever, you know, and, and went about our business. And um, I don't know what that prompted. I know one thing, that if Angel were considering or whatever's going on in this relationship with him and Courtney... If he was about to be my son-in-law, I'd want him to have a new brain too. I'd want him to have a new everything. It's not that I'm disappointed with his brain now. It's just that I want him to be the best that he can be. He's going to be my son-in-law. He's taking the most precious thing that I have. So don't be offended, Angel. Get over it if you are. You know, you, I don't know. You, you may not have to go home with him, but eventually you're going to have to come to my house, and I'm right on the same page with him. I love you, and you're a great guy, and all of those things. But we did a heart transplant. For me, there are three major battles in our lives. The first and foremost is our heart. Having a brand new heart, that opens the door to everything. There's not a battle there, so to speak. The battle really is just surrendering, just recognizing the fact that I need a change. I need to become more spiritual and less carnal, less fleshly. I need a change. I need to be closer to God rather than further away. So I have a heart transplant. And that opens the door to everything, to marvelous spiritual possibilities. The heart transplant. Then... There's the battle of the will. We're not talking about the will this morning. And it is not the battle that you and I need to be fighting. The will needs to be surrendered also. Just like the heart, the will needs to be surrendered. I can't battle my own will. It's going to have to be changed by someone else. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I mean, we're into, into the first of March right now. Some of you made resolutions two months ago that already you have failed and even forgotten about. You determined it was your will, I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen, and it's passed, it hasn't happened, that's your will. It does, there's no way that I can change it. My will, there's no way that I have to surrender it. I have to say, God, you can do what I cannot do. But the other battle is the mind. And that is a battle. Someone wrote, 
a book and called it Battlefield of the Mind. I know who she is. I'm just not going to give her credit. Right Praise God. Battlefield of the Mind. It's one of the required readings over at the Hope House. That the ladies are required to read it because it's, it's just a great book. It's great material. The scripture is used in such a cutting fashion that it just cuts us up, chops us up, and allows us to be able to see ourselves right where we're at. Amen? The mind is a battlefield. And it's up to you and I to engage in that battle. If you and I, you know, Pastor Ron's is teaching on Wednesday nights about words, the power of our words, of speaking words. Do you know that's a choice? We either choose to speak them or we choose to continue talking in a negative manner or in the middle, not so much negative, but not really positive. In the middle, you know, it's like the man that came to Jesus and said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm just kind of struggling here. Well, come on, let's, let's jump off the fence one side or the other. We're either going to choose to start doing something and engage in a battle and watch a transformation take place, or we're not. Let's look and see how sick the mind really is. For to be carnally minded, we're talking about the mind, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Anybody want peace? Anybody want to live and not die? And I'm not just talking about walking around. I'm talking about really living and not dying. Anybody want to live forever? Recently, um, my youngest sister passed away from a horrible lifestyle, from alcoholism and, you know, from a very abusive relationship and relationships. And when I saw her, I could not believe my own eyes to what she looked like the last time that I had seen her. I had some pictures that I prefer to remember her by. And I sat there in the hospital room with her. And I was looking at her and I went down there with the purpose in mind that if there was any opportunity to get this young lady ready for eternity, that was my prayer. That was my purpose. That was my goal. I wasn't necessarily invested in the raising her up off of a bed of infirmities and sickness and seeing her healed. I was invested in the being certain that whatever happened, that whether God raised her up and healed her or whatever happened, that she was ready that she would surrender her life, that she would recognize the love of God. Well, in visiting her and seeing her, I, I sat there, I remember it very vividly, sitting there in the chair in the hospital room, and the thought came to me, the wages of sin. Look at them. Look at what it's done to her, the wages of sin. Look at how it's changed her, this death that's all over her. To the point that I couldn't even recognize her anymore. The wages of sin. And I sat and I talked with her and I asked her, I said, Cindy, what, what are you having the most trouble with in regards to your relationship with God? In regards to being ready to die? She was fearful of leaving the house. 
she had been beat up so much and just horrible things had happened to her in relationships. Made to sleep on the floor in front of the refrigerator. You know, kicked around. Those kind of things. And it had changed her in such a negative, unhealthy way that she was afraid to go to Walmart, afraid to leave the house. I talked with her, I can't tell you how many times, about coming to the Hope House. Let's work on this. Let's do something about this. Well, I'm afraid. Will the ladies be mean to me? Will I be in a room by myself? This is sin, folks. This is, if we choose that path, this is where all of us are headed. And I asked her, I said, what is your, your biggest struggle in regards to dying, in regards to your heavenly father? And she said, I don't think he loves me. She said, David, he can't love me. There's no way that he can love me with what I've done. And I asked her, I said, Cindy, do you think I love you? I said, really? I said, setting everything else aside, do you believe in your heart that I love you? And she said, oh, you've been my brother. When no one else would talk to me, always call you and you never would be mad with me not talk with me yes you love me I know that you love me I said alright if you know that I love you and I can be angered you can say something to me right now that would hurt my feelings and I would get angry and I would leave this room how much more does your heavenly father who has forgiven me who loved me out of the same lifestyle and out of the same junk that you and I was raised in and came out of how much more does God love you than I possibly could and we started talking about the love of God and how it wasn't conditional on works on who we were or what we had done. It was conditional on a cross, on what someone else had done. John 3, 16 and 17, I quoted that to her and I said, He loves you so much. You're part of the world. He loves you so much. And He didn't come. He's not in this room now. He didn't send me to condemn you. But by Him you might have life and that you might be born again. That's the love of God. Give Him a hand. Come on. Praise God. Well, she started buying into this. and starting, uh, She started relaxing a little bit. And I kept ministering to her. And I finally asked her the question. I said, do you really believe that He loves you? Are you ready to pray and to talk with Him? Just out of your heart. I'm going to pray with you, and I'm not going to pray this, this set prayer. We're, we're just going to talk with our Heavenly Father like He is our Father, like we're His sons and His daughters, like we're a brother and sister, and we're just going to go to Him and talk with Him. She said, yes, yes, I am. 
Well, we prayed and we worked through that. She went home. It got worse from there. I went down and visited her in her home on her deathbed. And I sat with her. And when I was sitting there, she turned her head. She was real weak. She turned her head and she looked at me. And I wasn't sure if she knew who everybody was at that point. And I said, Cindy, do you know who I am? And this smile came on her face. And this weak voice, this whisper, she said, You're my brother David, who loves me. And she motioned for me to, with her fingers, she motioned for me to come over and I got close to her and she kissed me on the cheek and she said, thank you. I don't believe she was saying thank you because I had tried to be a brother all of her life to her and never shut her out. I don't care what she had done. That might be a positive or a negative in my life, but when I have someone that I love, I don't care what they do, I will not shut them out. I feel like that I have a moral a spiritual principle that says I can't do that. I may have to set up some things. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to be this vulnerable, take advantage of kind of guy. That re- I may have to put some things in place, but I will not shut you out. If you ever reach a place that you're ready to change, then I'm the guy. I'm the guy for you. And she said, thank you. And I believe in my heart of hearts. I've prayed about it since then, and I believe that she was saying thank you for that hospital visit. Thank you for allowing me to get over this hurdle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's all in our minds. It's all in what's going on in our minds. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice verse 7 in a moment. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Hear what it says. I want you to pay pay close attention to it. Is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God. Listen to that phrase. The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. What does the law do? The law of our lands, what does it do? It keeps chaos from happening. It steers us in the right way in a healthy path if it's performed and upheld correctly. Amen? Well, the law of God, the law, what are the laws of God? One of the principles of the law of God is, I'm the healer. If you're sick, come to me. I provide. If you lack, come to me. Another of his law is, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Come to me. But the carnal mind can't function and operate in those laws. I have found myself in my life praying and working and saying this and doing that and going to this meeting and hearing this message. And, uh, you know, a minister would say, now, if you'll do this, you'll receive this. And I would I just do it and do it and work and work and do it. And my, uh, the whole time my mind is so carnal, 
I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to do it for myself. I'm trying to work on it and fix it. This carnal mind of mine. And I don't receive the principles, the benefits, all of the things that God has for me because of my carnal mind. And folks, I'm not just talking about sinners. I'm not just talking about carnal people. There's been times in my life when my heart's been changed, when I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was a son of God, but my mind wasn't right. And it was the stumbling block. It was the blockage that that the laws, listen to what it says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be the carnal mind. Something needs to happen inside of our minds. There needs to be a transformation taking place inside of our mind and and uh, inside of our body, inside of our lives. I have things and situations going on in my life that I really want a transformation to take place. I want a transformation to take place in my kids' lives. I want a transformation to take place in my grandkids' lives. I want a transformation to take place in my church's life. I want a transformation to take place in my friends' lives. I want these things to happen. But I need to be renewed. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, and I probably well should. Looking at the clock. It's so big. Even with my bad eyesight, it's so big. (laughs) I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to be by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Obviously, we can see that Romans has a lot to do with the battle of the mind versus the spirit, the battle of the flesh versus the spirit. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is a key there that you and I need to buy into, that you and I need to post on our refrigerator, on our doors, on our windows, wherever it is. We can be transformed, but the key is by the renewing of our minds. It is critical. It is imperative. I beseech you, brothers and sisters, that you and I buy into this and learn how to speak words that will change the very environment around us and speak them from a mind that has been renewed. Sometimes it's a struggle for me to speak this way. Sometimes it's a struggle for me to think this way. That's the war. That's the battle that's going on. That's the last great battle for me. If I can overcome this, I can do anything. I can do, there is no force that can stop me. If I can buy into the fact that my mind needs to be renewed and that it will transform me and transform everything around me. I'm praying that I, you know, I I want my bank account to be transformed. I want my living circumstances to be transformed. I want this to change and that to change. I'm not talking about you ladies. Y'all have been wonderful. You've been such a blessing. I was concerned and worried about moving over at the Hope House and into the basement. 
It is. It's going to be a. It, it's on its way to being a very lovely apartment. My concern, not wasn't my own behavior, wasn't necessarily theirs. My concern was that they would know me on a level that they shouldn't know me on. That they would know me in a fleshly sense, in a carnal sense, that they would see my everyday movings and goings and they would determine, well, he's no different than I am. He struggles like I do. Why should I listen to him? When I walk in there, I want to walk in there and, and, and make a difference in their lives. I don't want them to know me carnally or, or by the flesh. Know no man by the flesh. It's what the Word of God says. That was my concern. And still is my concern. But they've been wonderful. They don't come down. They don't bother me. I don't bother them. They mind their business. I mind mine. You know, the kids were there over the weekend, and I, honest to the Lord, I don't know how in the world 25, 35, 45-pound kids can sound so loud running up and down and to and fro. And Connie and I were sitting there, and Connie said, what in the world is going on? I said, I don't, it's, it's kids. It's kids' weekend. It's just kids running and playing. Well, let's do something about it. I said, why? Well, because they're going to come through the floor. I said, well, if they come through the floor, then we'll know that they came through the floor and it'll be okay. We'll just fix the floor, I guess. I have no investment in the going up there and getting involved with what's going on. It won't last forever. It's only a day or two and they'll be going back home and you know, quietness will take over. It's all right. It's all right. And she looked at me and just shook her head and didn't move, didn't get out of the chair, nor did I, and let it just flow and let it just move. I'm very appreciative of that. But I want my living circumstance to change. I want it to be transformed. The problem is we want all of these things. But we really don't have the power in order to change them, to ch transform them. I know what the Word of God says. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. He that is within you is greater than he that is within the world. I know that. I know what God's Word says. My problem is this. It's my mind. I read it, I believe it, I know it's true, and now I've got to speak it. And now I've got to renew my mind, I've got to retrain my mind. Every time I get caught in something, it's woe is me. Oh, I'm always the victim. Why does it always have to happen to me? My mind starts feeding me negative things, and I start buying into it, and it's not fair. And I get me a little teapot, and I get me a little teacup, and I sit right down and have me a little pity party, a little tea pity party. And I, you know, my life, oh my life, my miserable life. Oh my God, my Father, what have I done to you? 
Why are you so mean to me? Why are you so against me? I do everything that you ask me to do and it turns out this way. Why? 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 It is, I think it, oh my, this is so strange. These things that are happening to me, this, they're so strange. And then I go to the Word of God and I read and I read where Peter says, Oh, think it not strange concerning the things that are going to happen to you. They're going to make you a better man. They're going to make you a better woman. I haven't forsaken you. I said to you, I will never leave you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Do you believe me, David? And I speak to my mind and I say, Mind. That's what he said. I want to believe it. And my mind says, Oh, look at it. Just look at it. being renewed in my mind I'm remembering just the fact that I can remember just the fact that I can stop long enough and say now what does God's word say about this how can I prove to my spirit to my circumstances to everything that's going on to me how can I speak to them and know that God is somewhere in them just that I can think of that Pastor Rhonda just that that is a miracle to me. And I stop and I say, God's here. God's here. I've just got to find him. I've just got to remember God's here. When your body is racked with pain and you're laying there and you're trying to get up and, and you think the world's going to end and you just want to pull the covers over your head as though it's dirt in a grave and just let go. God's there. God's there. God's there. And maybe it's just where I'm at in my life right now and and who I work with and, and their problems. I'm forever having to sit with someone and remind them, don't give up, God's here. Whatever you're going through, don't give up, God's here. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't forsaken you. Don't give up, it's just being renewed. It's, being, it's a process, it's not an event. It doesn't happen all at once. It's a process. Great men of God needed a transformation. Little David in a field keeping sheep needed a, to be transformed, needed to be renewed, needed a, a, a different way of thinking. Abraham, Jacob, wrestling and wrestling and wrestling this battle, this war of the mind. This liar, this con uh, conniving little thief, manipulator. Everything was always about him. He was the center of his universe, this man Jacob. He was. Just read his story. Everything that he did had a purpose and a, uh, an outcome for positive for him. And things kept getting in the way and getting in the way and getting in the way until he finally had a wrestling match. And he came out of there with a new name. Abram came out with a new name. Men who have wrestled and wrestled with this thing called their mind, the battlefield of the mind, of training our mind how to think a different way. It's, it's a process. It's not an event. It's a process. I'm going through that process. You're going through that process. If I want to change my bank account, if I want it to be transformed, 
then it's here. It's right here. And I need to train my mind either to stop spending so much money or, or look at it a different way or think positive, speak positive, know about it. Whatever the case is, it's right here. I was driving to a church this morning and I was just thinking, just going over the message, just different things, going over my life, where I'm at, what's going on. And I asked myself the question, I said, David, what is it going to take to make you happy? And I thought about that question. I thought about my life. And I came out of that conversation and I said, you know something, I am happy. I am happy. I've got people that love me. I can go home right now and have food. I can go and turn on the water and hot water and cold water comes on. Well, go upstairs. I can't downstairs yet. But it's coming. Praise the Lord. It's, and it's all right. My mind says to me, look at this. You ain't even got a bathtub. And I say to my mind, that's all right. I've got one upstairs. I've got a friend that has one and that friend loves me and I can go over there. Until my situation changes, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going to serve God. This is who I am and this is who He loves. Praise God! Better things are coming. Changes are coming. Transformations are coming. It's a matter of faith and it's a matter of trusting God's Word. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm forever being corralled and being demanded that I transform, that I conform to this way of living. If you're a Christian, that's the way that it is. This world functions and operates outside of Christianity. They don't care about us. They don't do things that make it more convenient for Christians. They're trying to restrict us in every manner that they possibly can. You can't pray here. You can't do this here. You can't do that here. And this is our normal operation. This is the way that we live and we operate. This is the way that... So this world is not our friend. May I say that again? This world is not our friend. But fortunately, it doesn't have to be because I don't belong to it anyway. I'm just going through it. I'm not part of it. Praise God! So I don't have to conform. It's constantly trying to get me to conform. And in my mind, the battlefield of my mind, listen to this. I don't want to reread something that I've already read to you, but uh, Romans 7, through 25, I want you to hear something. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. This is the word of God. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, 
which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now I know what's going on here. I know what it's talking about and what it's teaching and the principles. But what I want you to see is how involved we are with this in our mind. In what's going on in our mind. There's something warring against us and we can choose to either serve God with our mind. With the way that we think. Every time I'm challenged, I'll go to the word of God. Every battle that I go through, I don't call up Willie and say, Willie, what do you think about this battle? I go to the word of God. And my mind serves God through the word. But my flesh wants to do otherwise. Oh no, not that God stuff again. Please, not that God stuff again. Look where you're at. Look what's going on. Every feeling that I have in me wants to get angry, wants to get mad. This body wants to reject and rebel. But if I choose in my mind to say I'm going to the word of God... I knew two days ago that if I could just get up here, everything would be all right. I could lift my arm and everything would be all right. I'd be able to shout. I could jump up and down and I could walk back and forth without holding on to anything. I knew it would be all right. But my body said, no, this time it's not going to be all right. This time you've just, you've gone too far. You just need a week or two of rest or whatever. That's what my body was saying. But my mind, if I chose to buy into it, I would, I, my mind would say to me, go to the Word of God. Now, I can do that now, but there was a time in my life when that was real work. There was a time in my life when, when going to the Word of God was the last option. You know, it's just the way that it is. It's what I was battling with. It's where I was. But now I can do that. Now I can say in my mind, I've got to go to the Word of God. I don't need to call Uncle Ted. I don't need to call Granny. I don't need to call Pastor Rhonda. I don't need to call Pastor Hank. I don't need to call you guys. I need to go to the Word of God. The danger in calling other people or involving other people is they love you best. They want this for you. They're going to put their slant on it their opinion, all of these things. But God knows us best. He knows the end from the beginning. God's plan, His plan. Oh, I've got a plan for you. He knows His plan. He hasn't forgotten it. Aren't you glad of that? He hasn't forgotten it. He knows what He's got a plan for you. He knows what He has planned for you. That's how much you all we have to do is buy into it. And all we have to do is renew our minds. Choose to think differently. Choose to speak differently. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yes, it's a battle. Yes, you're going to struggle with it. I don't expect you ladies at the Women of Hope to be where I'm at spiritually or in my walk. I don't expect that. And if I'm not patient and long-suffering and gentle and kind with you, then, then I'm wrong. I've got to work with you and I've got to get you to a place and we've got to work together so that you will go to the Word of God rather than going out on the deck and spreading it out everywhere. Can you believe this? What do you think about that, Susie? There's no Susie there, is there? 
I don't want anybody to think I'm picking on them. What do you think about that? And everybody's going to chime in. Well, well, and you'll go off of that deck in a worse mood, in a worse place than you went in. But you go to the Word of God. Oh, praise God. I go to the Word of God and I have yet failed to go in. No, to come out. How am I going to say this? Oh, my. I always come out better than when I went in. Every time I choose to sit down with the Word of God, I come out better than when I went in. Every service that I've ever had with you, just joining in, just being with you, I've always went out better than when I came in. It's God's the principle of God's Word. I am training my mind. I am renewing my mind so that I might be transformed, so that my checking account might be transformed. My children might be transformed. My grandchildren might be transformed. My job. Whatever, whatever you might say this morning, you know, Pastor, I really need this transformed. That it's right here. It's right here. It's right here. And once we get this straightened out, and once we get a hold and a handle on this, then things will start happening. We'll start speaking. Pastor Rhonda asked me to come up with the other group of ministers and to pray. And I'm, I'm standing here. <laughs> and I, um, I'm rubbing my hands together. And rather than trying to get into this super spiritual place, I feel my hands and I think, man, they're so rough. I can't help it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want to hold anybody's hands. They're so rough. Well, I got through that and I got over that and we started praying together. And I forgot about my hands. And I forgot about everything else. And I started speaking the name of Jesus. And I started believing in my mind and in my spirit that whatsoever we ask in Jesus' name, that it shall come to pass. And folks, I was believing that. Oh, praise God. I was ready to run with her and leap with her and jump with her. Because it's true. We've seen it happen. And then Pastor Rhonda asked me to go over here and, and pray once again. And I thought, yeah. I was in it then. I was ready then. Praise God. Bring them up. Bring the Goliath out. Let the doors open and bring them in. Praise God. Isn't that cool how that happens? No more rough hands. Well, I got, after the prayer, after everything else, I go over there and I sit down and I nudge Connie and I say, Connie, you got any hand lotion? She gave me some hand lotion and I'm rubbing my hands and it is amazing the transformation. Oh, my hands are so Oh, my goodness. That Mary Kay lotion really works. They're so soft and easy to the skin. It's just wonderful how just a little bit of cream in the palm of your hand will transform your hands from what they were to what they are now. Well, the same thing applies. It does. It does. You say, oh, pastor, please. Give me a scripture on that. Fortunately, <laughs> 
Fortunately, I've studied the Word of God enough that when crazy stuff like that comes up, I can actually remember a scripture. And in the book of Revelations, it talks about taking the eye salve so that you might see the way that you need to see, that it will change you. The eye salve of the Holy Spirit and rubbing it and applying it and everything will start to come and line up with and change. Oh, some of us need some eye salve this morning. Some of us need some Mary Kay, praise God. Some of us need something to change in our lives. And we need the Holy Spirit to apply, to put into our lives that that is needed the most in our mind. For be not carnally minded. To be carnally minded is death. But be spiritually minded, and it gives us life. It keeps us clean and sober. Amen? It gives us life. We don't wake up every morning thinking, Oh, dear God. It's Monday. We wake up and thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We might not feel it. Everything in our lives might say you need to just stay here. You need to say, Oh, dear God, not another day. But we ignore that. And we speak and we say, it's Monday. Thank you, Lord, for the sun. Thank you, God. It is so much easier. And I, I don't want to do a, uh, a session with you that I do at the Hope House. But it is so much easier to stay clean and sober when we're grateful, when we're happy, when we're glad the sun came up. Even though we don't feel like it, even though we might want to use drugs, even though we've heard bad reports from home, it's still all right. And it's still much easier to stay clean and sober when we look at it a different way, when we know that it's beyond our control and He is in control, and we know that He has a plan and it's all going to work out. Oh, my, my, my. I tell the ladies very often, it's pretty difficult to worship and praise and be a real woman of God when you're drinking and drugging. Kind of difficult. But if you're willing to let that go and put something in that gives what? Why it gives life and peace. Where is it at? Here it is. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded. Don't you know that's what Pastor Rhonda's doing on Wednesday nights? She's trying to teach us another way of speaking, another way of living trying to train our minds trying to renew our minds but to be spiritually minded is life and peace it amazes me the times that I see this phenomenal change in these ladies that come to the Hope House it really does amaze me each time it, you, you ought to see the before, before pictures when they come in. Or I don't know if they still do that at the Hope House, but they used to take pictures when they'd get there, and they'd take pictures at three months or whatever, and you'd see the change. You'd see the change in their physical appearance. No wonder the Word of God says, I beautify the meek with salvation. 
I'll turn the ugly into pretty. I've seen him do it. But I look at those pictures and I, I see them. And I see how they've changed spiritually. And the beauty is not out here. Folks, I'm a preacher. I'm a man of God, but it's not because I wear this. It's not because I have nice shoes with little dangly things on. I'm a man of God because it's in here. It's in here and it comes out. And every once in a while, somebody confirms to me, oh, you're getting somewhere. There's something different about you. And whatever's going on, it's a process. It's not an event. Every Wednesday, you ought to leave here with something that you can hold on to and that you can practice. A word, a thought, train your mind, renew your mind. It will give you the ability to transform. And I'm not just talking. Folks, there's only so much that we can do to this physical appearance. I'm not talking about transforming there. I don't even believe the Word of God is talking about just that type of transformation. He's talking about transforming the areas and the things in your life that you really want transformed. And it begins right here. Believe it, speak it. I want you to just close your eyes for just a moment. I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to close. I think enough has been said. Enough scripture has been given. I think I've led you down a path that you can clearly see that if you're able to renew your mind, you will buy into the power of transformation and you will change what you need to change. Just think for a moment what it is that you need changed in your life. The simple definition to be transformed or transformed is given a completely different form or appearance. A simple definition for renew restored to a new condition. That's what you and I want. Not just an appearance. We really want it to change. This area in our lives. Some of you have things that are coming up. Some of the ladies have court dates. Different things that may be coming up that they want they want it to turn out a certain way they want it to be transformed the problem is it's like asking me to do something that I have not a clue how to do you ask me how to do something I know how to do and I jump right in there not so much if I don't know what I'm doing I go into it timid scared very very cautious make mistakes I get nervous all of these things I'm asking you to transform your life and you do it by the renewing of your mind those things that you have coming up stop thinking on them the way that you've always thought of them you're not going into this by yourself 
the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord of that situation is going before you. And it's going to be all right. I don't care how it turns out. And I don't, I don't want you to care how it turns out in your mind. It's, God is God of that. That's what he does. That's what our Heavenly Father does. He's God of that situation. He's not just the creator of heaven and earth. He's not just the one who, who changed you. He's the God of your present situation, and He's in control of it. Tell your mind that. Train your mind to believe that. He's in control of this. I don't know how, why. I'm, I don't sense Him. I don't see Him, but I believe His Word. And Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have sat here and meditated on the things, on the things, Lord, that we want changed in our lives. We need some transformation in our personal lives. We need some transformation, God, in that that we're facing. Whatever that is, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we want it to conform to your word, to your will. We want the things in our life to line up with your word and not conform to the world, to the judicial system of this world. We want it to conform to your word and in Jesus' name, we speak it. We speak it. Why? Because we believe. We are believers. We believe. And we speak it in the name of Jesus. And in closing, let me say, and thank you for joining with me. In closing, let me say, I know that some of you are, it's amazing, sometimes we have a new lady come in and um, at the Hope House, and she just, she's not into all of this. She struggles with it. You know, she wants. She just wants to stay clean and sober. She just wants defects off her back. She just wants her kids back. You know, change. I, I'll take care of my kids. I don't have to change. Well, there's got to be something that changes. Obviously, the world, the, the judicial system, the government uh, agencies have determined that you're unfit enough that they want to take your kids away, put them in a safer place, whatever the case is. However, whatever terminology you might want to use, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm saying you've got to transform that situation. You've got to prove to people, make them believe that you're innocent or that you were guilty, but now you have changed and you will never go back there again, whatever the case is, in order to bring it to pass. Let's change, folks. It's not, it's, it's no big deal. It's life and it's peace. Anybody want peace? Anybody want to just walk in peace? You're just tired of struggling. You're tired of every bad report coming to you and you just cringing and every muscle tightening up and you're thinking, oh dear God, what else could happen? <laughs> and one day last week, <clears throat> I'm not sure how personal or how much of my personal information I should divulge with you guys, but in one day last week, I called Connie and I had two flat tires Somebody got irate over the phone on a job that I was being delayed on. She had her own problems going on in the house, and somebody knocked on the door, and it was an IRS agent wanting to sit and meet with her. And I called her up, and uh, 
talked with her about the tires, wanted to be sure that there was funds, whatever that we could. I, I was able to, you know, get things done. I was all the way down in Macon, Georgia, and I'd like to get home if nothing else. And I remember her saying to me, what else could go wrong in this day? Every time I turn around, it's not good news, it's bad news. Anybody ever been there? We all have. Connie's no different. I'm no different. I'm afraid to pick the phone up. We got caller ID, and I'm sorry for running over so much, but we got caller ID, and I look on the... Oh, I don't know that number. <laughs> I holler across the apartment. Connie! This is for you. You answer this. I don't recognize the number. It's another bad report. And that's how people get when they feel like they need to be in charge. But oh, how people get when they know that God is in charge. Hello? Yes, uh, yes, this is Pastor David. Yes, I do. We are late. You're coming to cut it off? Well, uh, okay, I'll, I'll meet you out in the front yard or at the door. I'll, I'll be here. I won't, I'll answer the door. It'll be all. I know that that sounds silly and stupid. I know that it does. But I want to get to that place that I know that God is in control. And my last statement, I promise you, is God being in control overrides every dumb decision I could possibly make. That is very comforting. I say to the ladies, you can't make enough mistakes that God can't get you where he wants you to be. Believe him. Believe in him. Walk and live according to his principles, and you will see a phenomenal change happen in your life. Some of the ladies come to me and say, oh, pastor, can you believe? Look at this. This is my driver's license. Well, this is my GED, or this is... And they've accomplished things, and they say, I can't believe the change. <laughs> it's God. God bless you, folks.